0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I am your host, Adam O'Macayas, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 87. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today's episode, it's a bit more serious than, I mean, we're always kind of serious, but this one's got, this one's pretty heavy. Um, I think people do what are called trigger warnings. I think that is applicable for this episode. We talk a lot about drugs, which is something I think people need to talk about more, especially when it comes to working and existing in the music industry or the touring music industry. Because even if you aren't somebody who is going down a difficult path yourself, you will more more likely than not cross paths with somebody who is in the midst of it or maybe heading in that direction. I usually try to teach what I know, and to be honest, this isn't something I know very well, but I have been on the receiving end of people who have gone through this and gone untreated. I lost lost a lot of friends in crew and people that are artists in the music industry. And, you know, I never get to talk to them about what they're going through because, well, they're dead. <laughs> and I know this can sound a bit extreme because, you know, maybe you're just entering the music industry and you're like, all right, why do I need to know about this? Um, but it's just... I just think learning from people about what they've gone through and what they have they are currently going through can teach us so much. And, you know, Johnny is an example of somebody who probably has um, disappointed and let down a lot of people in his life over the course of his professional career in the music industry as an artist, singer, and frontman. And that's fair. He would agree with me on that. And he says so in the podcast. However, we have been given the opportunity to talk with him now that he's been sober for almost a year. And it's a whole new Johnny. I have toured with Johnny in the past. I have been at parties with Johnny. I have seen him over the past 15 years of my life, and he was never sober. So getting to talk with him now was really nice. I'm happy I get to learn from him, understand what he went through, what he's going through, and hopefully we'll never have to go through again. So I'm happy we get the opportunity to learn from him. With that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. Thank you so much to the patrons for supporting the podcast on a weekly basis. I appreciate it. Connor appreciates it. Eva appreciates it. And all of our listeners appreciate it because without you, there would be no podcast. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Johnny. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. I'm 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 feeling good.
0: Yeah, it's uh I was thinking before this. I usually go through all my memories with my guests in my head and try to prepare. I think this is probably the first time we might have hung out when you're sober.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think the last time that we hung out, I wasn't sober at all. maybe it was in Europe. Remember when I had download? Really? Download, I think download. it was download
0: okay. for like five seconds. You were playing? All right, you were "I like, believe that."
1: Well, we were, we weren't, we did play, but um, you were backstage, or somewhere taking pictures. It was like right when um, Wage War was about to play.
0: Okay, I believe you like, that you were oh, on like outside tent stage or something. Yeah, or like, you were oh, okay, like cool.
1: sitting out back there. I think we spoke for like I don't know, maybe like a minute or two, and then you ran off to do, do what you thing. do, do what you do.
0: Thank Those you. days are overwhelming, man. Like so <laughs> much happens by the end of it. I'm like, if I didn't take a picture of it, it might not be a memory. Yeah, yeah, didn't take (laughs) picture. It's all good. That's cool though. I'm glad we saw each other then. And then my other memories of you, like it's like Warp Tour or Vegas, or it's just like all these little things pop up. I'm like, oh, it will be nice to have like a real talk with you. I feel like we're always doing things and working as you do on the road.
1: Yes, Warp Tour. I don't. Some of those days are a little vague. Yeah, they melt. They melt together. I was. I did like two different years, and they literally just melt together. I don't know which year is which anymore. (laughs)
0: <laughs> A lot of life starts to feel like that. I feel like regardless of people's uh, sober or not state, everything just starts to mold together as you get older.
1: We're getting old. I'm I'm getting old. I feel old.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say congrats on almost 9 months sober. Thank
1: you. Thank Everybody's you. Well, rooting well, for you.
0: Over, over 9 months now, yeah. Over 9 months. Over 9 months, yeah. So you went to rehab, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you go to AA after that? Is that?
1: You, I mean, you do it while you're in there. It's a huge part of okay. you know, their, their process and their program. They want you to, like, you know, see if you vibe with the meetings and they have AA, NA, you know, sex, A, whatever, whatever, you know, your problem is. And they just want you to, like, vibe it out and see how, you know, how do you feel about it um, when you get out? It's completely up to you if you continue to do um, those things. For me, I ha- I do some meetings online. Okay. You know, I don't like to go in person. COVID safe. Yeah, well, they started it for that. And then now that COVID's kind of, you know, phasing out, um, people are starting to go back. Um, I still just stick with the meetings. I like, you know, that there's hundreds of people in there. There's like 50 different people that talk sometimes. And then other than that, I do like smart recovery, stuff like that. That's, that's what the- I base a lot of my sobriety on is the smart recovery. What's smart recovery? Um, it's more based on like, the educational side of, okay. you know, your addiction. So, you know, pretty much how, you know, your brain works, why, you know, why these chemicals did what they did, um, why you acted the way you acted, stuff like that. Um, it's just, it's pretty cool for me. I like to obtain a lot of that stuff. And it's it's kind of like going to, to school in yeah. a sense, a little bit and not, you know, you don't you don't have homework. You don't have to feel stupid if you <laughs> fail, but you just get to learn kind of at your own pace. So it's been that's kind of what I do on, on, on the times when I need to focus on my recovery. I, I focus on that. There's a bunch of websites that um, they gave me when I was in the rehab, and I just kind of go to them daily and just, you know, read what they post for the day. It's, it's pretty exciting.
0: That's great. And I'm sure through, like, kind of the reason we got you on here today is through going through all of this yourself, you have so much knowledge that other people don't have access to might never have access to, but that doesn't mean they won't interact with people that they might need that knowledge for or yeah. maybe come to a point in their life where it's relevant. That's, that's cool. I'm glad that you, I, it's probably so much easier to learn about things that you're really interested in or are so applicable to your own life. It's it not like school where it's just everything. You're like, oh, this is yeah. the stuff I did for a long time.
1: I want to apply this bullshit to my everyday life. That's what I thought about at school all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of it, I still don't apply to any of, anything that I do in life so
0: yeah it seems like the teaching system is a little bit behind now i feel like they should teach you how to find information not what the information is because we have computers like you said you just go to websites you learn all day as long as you know how to do that
1: yeah exactly
0: you're set all right cool well i figured a good place to start because there's definitely gonna be people who are listening to this that aren't familiar with you Mm -hmm. and i was thinking that i don't know when we first met but by the time i did my first tour with dance gavin dance in 2007 and by that time. I think you were already out of the band, but when did you, was that the first band you were in? For the first time I was out of the band, yeah. For the first band.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For the first time I was out of the band.
0: Yes, um, well, I was in another
1: band in like Seattle, Tacoma area, okay. um, but Dance Gavin Dance was the first band that um, I actually had any success with.
0: How'd you, how'd you join Dance Gavin Dance? I just want to know. I, I'm oh, sure you've told Lord. the story a lot, but man, like, I, I got to know where you started.
1: I haven't told it too much. Um, okay, cool. I mean, I've said it online a couple of times in my stream, stuff like that. But I was in a band from like Tacoma, Washington, and we were on a label. I mean, I don't want to call it a label because it was just a fucking scam. But
0: it was a label, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, a label, quote unquote. And um, there was another band on the label and they were called Farewell Unknown. We did a little tour. And by tour, I mean, like, just driving up to California and playing, like, three shows and then yeah. driving back home. Got a laminate. <laughs> uh, yeah, got a laminate. You know, we <laughs> drove we, we drove up to California. We played three shows. We ended up playing in Sacramento with that band that was on the label. And they were just huge. You know, Will Swan was in the band, very Well Known. Most of them were in the band, except for, I should think all of them were, except for maybe the guitar player. Okay. Which obviously has rotated so many times to dance. but. The first guitar player was sean he wasn't in that band at all we went up there we played a show with them they were fans you know they liked one of the songs i kept in touch with them online through aim you know yeah. remember aim american online and one time they were just like hey we're gonna kick out our singer will you come sing for us and i was living in my guitar player's basement a brother's basement and i was doing you know those temp jobs where you show up in the morning like five in the morning yeah, and you they give you, a, they'd give you a job and then they give you like 60 bucks at the end of the day. I was doing that shit and I was like, I'm over this. Yeah. And yeah, he, he actually drove down, picked me up, and that night when he was there, I actually got into a fight with the guitar player of my old band. He came to my house, hit me in the face with brass knuckles, and yeah, and then we just left in the morning and that was it. <laughs> like I was your life day. has
0: been wild through and through, huh? Yeah, it was just pretty wild. Oh, how did it feel joining? I gotta know, like when you first joined the band. Well, as a prerequisite to this question, were you already involved in things you were addicted to at this time, or was this prior?
1: Um, this was all prior, I believe. Okay. I mean, I was I was doing some drinking,
0: um, so this,
1: that can be you know construed as yeah. that as well. But I wasn't like blacking out. I wasn't like you know doing stupid shit. So
0: you weren't losing friends,
1: exactly. I wasn't. I wasn't doing things that would you know damage my reputation yet it was just all just kind of casual drink and stuff like
0: that how do you remember how you felt when you first i know it was very casual and they just called you up but first time you like performed with that band were you like you own the world kind of vibes or what how did it feel
1: a little bit um i was singing very differently in the two okay. bands so when i got to sacramento you know i landed in california and i'm like oh holy, holy shit you know like this this is where i belong like you know laid on the sidewalk and was like jesus christ like you know where have i been my whole life i'm from canada it was freezing you know and washington is not much better it's all rain so when i got to california i was like holy shit like i don't even care if this band doesn't work out i'm just gonna live in california for the rest of my life like this is amazing
0: sunshine in the morning every day yeah
1: and we woke up you know we we started to like kind of just experiment stuff because we started the band, you know, John didn't have any idea what he was going to do. He didn't know if he was going to scream or play guitar or what we were going to do. And we were literally would just jam. We jammed for months and months and months before we found like a sound.
0: So you're kind of like just testing things out. You're kind of feeling it yeah, out. Like, what do you like? Yeah, That's cool. You
1: know, we listened to like a lot of, that was like when Sayosin, you know, popped off a little bit with Anthony Green. And I had heard all that grit and I was like, holy shit, you know, like I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, experimenting with that type of stuff and holding out notes. And so it that's kind of where I just started to figure out, okay, you know i'm gonna I'm gonna make myself a sound. you know i'm gonna I'm gonna hone something for myself,
0: so the sound or the way you sing now when you started with Dance Gavin, you weren't singing that way. That was kind of like a found talent or a created talent, yeah.
1: I mean, I was singing more of like
0: I was trying to imitate, I guess, if if
1: you if that makes sense. Like I was listening to singers and imitating, yeah their sound and then trying to put that over like some music and it just wasn't working you know was, my first band was really kind of poppy-ish punkish and it's like you know i i can obviously do that but i was trying to sing you know too nasally and it just it wasn't working because i you know i should be able to to use what i have and i just wasn't using it properly and then when i got yeah. to dance i was just like i don't really give a fuck i'm gonna i'm gonna do whatever i want and it just sounded like. I was able to to find something for
0: myself. That's right. I did not know that. I always just assumed you came out and you're like, this is my natural talent. I'm real good at this. <laughs> Let's fucking oh,
1: go. Yeah, no, I was trying to be, you know, the dude from Newfound Glory and stuff. and was trying to sing like that and it just wasn't working out at all. Like I wasn't, I didn't sound right. It sounded like I was,
0: you know, well, this, you I, to be it, a-
1: it still sounded okay. Like it wasn't yeah. horrible, but it just didn't sound like anything that, that I do now at all like I wasn't I wasn't taking advantage of, of the talent that I had
0: I feel like every artist does that right like they copy yeah. at the beginning until they find their own way like whether it's a photographer somebody's making movies like that's you mimic it it's like compliments yeah. those people and then you find your own shit you're like oh I got yeah. this well, it. I had no idea what I was
1: doing so I was trying to like appease the people in the band of what they wanted me to sound like and yeah. then I realized that that wasn't going to work at all because you know I, I can't make other people happy and then not do what I want to do
0: yeah that's fair well, I'm glad you found that early because people do that for their whole life and then they don't feel good about themselves.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I found it early.
0: Yeah. Okay, wait. So then join Dance, Gavin Dance. You guys figure out your sound. Do you just start touring? Like, what's, I, I don't know what year we're in. Are we in 2005?
1: I think vaguely, I want to say around 2000, 2005. When did that EP come out?
0: Dance, Gavin oh. Dance EP.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm Googling. Oh, I found it. It's before 2006. Yeah. So November yeah. 14th. You're probably right. You're
1: probably right. Around 2005 is when I moved to California, around then. Uh, okay. Uh, and then 2006, we recorded that. Rise Records sent us uh, a message. MySpace? Uh, on MySpace. Yeah, I was just on MySpace. Got him. MySpace. Let's go. Yes. He, sent us, he, said, he sent us a message and was, he sent us his deal or whatever. And we read the deal and we were like, no, nah, we're good. And we sent him a message back and we we're like, no, nah, we're cool. And he got so upset. Oh, you turned a- him down. Yeah, and he wrote no, us. Those are cool. <laughs> I swear to God, what he said. And he wrote us this huge message back. It was so angry. It was like, lot. he just—I can't remember what he said, but he was just talking so much shit. Like, you guys are never going to be anything. Well, and we're like, oh Jesus, we really hurt this guy's feelings. Like, and we met um, Eric Rushing. I don't know if you know who that is.
0: Yeah, Eric Artery. He,
1: yep, he was—he owned a record label at the time before Artery. It was called like uh, 720, I think, I believe. Okay. Yeah. He had an office and he wanted to meet with us and we all know who he was. You know, he was the big person in our town to get shows to get you on the road. Pretty much, you know, he had done stuff for big bands here. So we took the meeting and he was just like, all right, look, you're going to sign with Rise and we're all, we will all work on a deal together. And, you know, we worked on a deal that we liked and we signed to Rise and then they started putting us on the tours.
0: Wow. It's cool. I, I miss when stuff kind of went like that. It's, it's not the same anymore, but it, it, yeah. it's such a, it's such a good feeling to be like, we got a deal. Yeah. Got a record it's, deal.
1: There's no more meeting in person. It's all over the internet now and phone calls, but
0: yeah. So you join dance, Gavin dance, you sign a record deal, pretty top of the world feeling. When does like your life go from pretty awesome. I mean, you've got sunshine, you've got bandmates, you're in a band to yeah. start. I mean, what's the correct term? Using. I, I don't yeah know I, using like did it start off you went full in or was it like a slow process that kind of crept up on you
1: i um had a surgery okay before before we ever started touring or anything on my stomach um i had what's called an insusception and it's when your intestine coils inside of each other oh god and it locks itself off
0: so it's like in a knot.
1: yeah pretty much so you nothing gets through no water uh i remember like i was on john and eric's couch i believe and mm-hmm. i was you know, I went to bed like midnight, and I woke up and was just throwing up until like 7 in the morning. And, you know, I called my girlfriend and said, hey, you need to take me to the hospital. Because so they took me in, and they're like, yeah. They're like, if you didn't bring him in the next hour, he'd probably be dead. He's so dehydrated. Cause Because wow. nothing was getting through, no water. Anyway, long story short, they did the surgery, and they gave me morphine. Okay. And once I felt bad, it was like,
0: just game over. Oh, so you went, you weren't like, I mean, I know you're drinking, but you weren't like, when I think of it in my head, I think like, okay, somebody smokes or they do weed or they smoke and then they drink alcohol and then they slowly kind of progress into worse things. But it was for yeah. you, it was like, you got morphine and you're just off to the races kind of.
1: Yeah. I mean, they gave me that. And I mean, the feeling that I had was just like insane. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, I can take over the world, whatever, you know, you feel as stupid as it sounds, you feel like a God, you know, and it's so, it's so weird. Um, so once I got out of the surgery, you know, they obviously didn't give me morphine. Um, that was just for the surgery purposes. <laughs> Take it know, go. Yeah. They give you, they give you some like, you know, Vicodin, whatever. Um, and that's kind of where it started. So they give you some pills. Then once my pills ran out, I continued to look for more pills. Um, anything that had the same properties, okay, at, you know, any opiates, you know, I, I remember like I wasn't getting sick or anything if I didn't have the pills at that point. You know, okay. but we we started touring, and of course, you know anyone had it, I, I would want some.
0: So you just ask people at venues, or like what what would you how how does one find pills on the road? I mean, I use my Twitter. Yeah, I remember I remember using my Twitter at one point. That's pretty bold.
1: Yeah, I, see, I not I mean, I think there's a picture of me holding up a sign at Warpsweir that says "Got painkillers," and I'm walking through the crowd. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> yeah i know we're I laughing now this isn't good you guys <laughs> yeah. but it's just like yeah, I'm, the, I'm okay the spectacle of it. it yeah
1: yeah I'm, I'm it's stupid i'm i can laugh at myself it's silly but yeah. i'm literally walking through you know the crowd only have signs that's got paint on it so it, but it was that easy you know people come up to me people i had like an old man in a wheelchair come up to me and give me some pills you know at warp door he's there with his kids taking his kids to warp door and he's out here giving me pills you know like it's it was pretty ridiculous
0: that's, and I mean, your story isn't, I don't have many friends or people that I know who have been addicted to opioids. I just know what's been spread by media or through word of mouth. But your story is not uncommon, right? Like that, a lot of people suffer that route.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: like they go to the doctor and then they
1: go to the doctor, something happens to get hurt. And then they either take the pills long enough to become addicted where they will get sick or, you know, or they just have an addictive personality like myself where, I took the pills and I was like, I don't ever want to not feel that feeling. And then, of course, once I mixed that with being on stage, then it was just game over for real.
0: Yeah, and were you just kind of chasing? Oh, that sounds so cliche. Words that about were that were about to come out of my mouth. Were were you just kind of chasing that high? Is that like <laughs> that sounds so cliche?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it is, right? As cliche as it sounds. I was, I, I wanted that feeling all the time. Yeah. And then I stopped getting it. And then it got worse and worse and worse
0: and worse. What's the progression? Like you say it's got, gets worse and worse. And like, as silly as a question as it may sound to some, I just don't know. Like, so first you take pills and I assume the quantity of them goes up or the dosage goes up. Like what's the next step? Like what happens? And like, what's that feeling? Like knowing you want more?
1: Well, for me, what happened was I was buying a lot of pills. So yeah. I was spending a lot of money. And then the, drug company started to make these pills um untamperable. So, you know, you weren't able to snort them anymore, whatever, um, you would swallow them, and they weren't, they were like half the power of what they should be. Okay. So so I w- I, st- I stopped buying pills, you know, someone obviously was like, hey, here's these pills um that are untamperable, but they're more expensive. Or here's heroin or here's whatever that's cheaper. And you get more of a high, and that's kind of that's the route it went. It was just like pills became way too much and weren't doing anything. Um, yeah, and, and then they have this substance here, which you know, before in your life you're thinking, okay, I'll never touch this shit. Yeah, you know, you think of heroin, you're like, no, nah, I'm not. That's not the type of person I am. That's not something I would do, regardless.
0: Even just hearing you say it, I was like, well, that was pretty casual. <laughs> yeah, and you know?
1: and that's and that's how weird it it is. It's just like that step is like bam, bam. You know, yeah. Pills became so scarce, the ones that you could actually, you know, feel and stuff is like, people were charging like a dollar a milligram. So you're paying like $30 for a 30 milligram pill, or you're paying 80, bu- or, you know, 80 milligrams for, and, you know, some people were charging 120 for like an 80 milligram OxyContin.
0: And that's something you would do multiple times a day, or yeah, like, I, I would, okay. I would, I would do like multiple, multiple of them at a time. Yeah, that's not affordable.
1: Yeah, it's like, that's not so, sustainable. It just became, it was like, okay, spend $120 on one pill, mm-hmm. or I could spend $40 and get like triple the amount and the high. It's just like, in my brain, that made sense to me. It was like, wow, what, what am I doing? You know, look at the math here.
0: Yeah, look at the number. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that the same reason why people end up doing things like crack or meth or things like that? Because it's the cheaper version of these things.
1: Those are the drugs I never really got into. Um, okay. I'm, uh, drugs that, uh, Crack is actually the only drug I've never done okay and then math was just not my thing i'm already in my head now yeah um so taking uppers was just too much for me um, okay i did not like that i never went that route um i tried it once and was like no never doing that again um so i never went that route with with the uppers
0: for me like the crazy part about it is while you're doing all these things you're on the road people are seeing this yeah. did like there's already this hard part about being an artist where like, if I was working for your band, it would kind of be out of line for me to be like, hey, Johnny, you got to stop doing these things because I work for you. Was there anybody who tried to step in when this was happening? Or like, what? no.
1: No. Not that I can remember. You know, they just let it happen, I guess. Um, I mean, it's like, And and again, it's not their job, Yeah, per se. You know, I'm a grown man in the sense, you know, yeah. you know they're not going to they can't tell me what to do. Um, and I guess probably they knew that I probably wouldn't give a shit either way. So they they weren't going to try. Um, and Man. then uh, obviously the label did step in at some point and was just like, hey, we can't can't enable you anymore. Because I was going to rise and be like, hey, you know, I need money. All right, hey, I need money. That's how I get money.
0: Oh, they just give you money because money. I mean, I you're calm, one of their artists.
1: them up and be like, I need money. I need money. You know, I need $1,500 for this. I need to buy this. I need to buy that. I think I played a show you know, and I was just snorting Oxycontin straight off the merch table. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I know zero fucks, you know, we're given and
0: you're in pretty deep at that point.
1: Yeah. I was going, I was in, hitting the, <laughs> hitting the wall. Um, yeah. And you know, the label hit me up and said, Hey, we can't enable it anymore. Um, we're going to cut you off. We'll hold your money. Even they're like, even though we can't legally do that, but we're going to do it, you know, try hopefully it will help you. Yeah. Um, and that didn't help at all, because that kind of led that right in that led to all the MacBook so
0: <laughs> yeah before before we get to the criminal activities, I want to talk a little yeah. bit more about uh the the, the drug things. I, I was yeah. wondering, like, because I'm thinking back to like there becomes a point where somebody's drug habits become not just their problem, and that's kind of where they cut you off. Did you find yourself like? Losing friends, do people stop talking to you at this point when you're like what was it like your social group when you became not you?
1: Um, I don't know. I wasn't that's the thing is like I was you know touring, whatever. So I, I wasn't losing the people that I was actually friends with because you know, we're working.
0: Yeah, they're required to be there.
1: Yeah. And then obviously the mentality I had of whatever being high was just like, okay, this person in the band doesn't like me, doesn't want to hang out with me. I fuck them. I don't care. You know, yeah. like what do I care? That was my mentality. What do okay. I care? That's not. That doesn't bother me at all. You know, if someone was kind of looking down on me, maybe, or shaming me because, wow, you know, he's using too much drugs or I don't want to be associated with that person. <laughs> I was just like, what do I care? Like, who's that person to me? Yeah. And, and that's not, I guess that, that's not really a good way to think at all. Yeah, extremely, you know, being on tour, being in, you know, warped tour, whatever, people like that, you know, bands and stuff, not wanting to hang out or stuff like that. To me, I was just like, what the fuck do I care? I don't even like that band, or, you yeah. know, some excuse in my head to make it seem like I don't care, you know, I'm cooler than them anyway.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of cool, in a, not cool, but interesting in a way to talk to you now because I did experience that version of Johnny and I do have a mem. Can I share like one of my memories of you at yeah. the time? Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. So there was a time where we were in Vegas and I want to say we were with like Bring Me or something. And after a party, I was on an elevator with you. And it was like me, you, another person from the party, and like three people we didn't know. Yeah. And to give maybe listeners an idea of what this looks like in practice and just remind you of something maybe, but you were just asking and yelling for drugs on the yeah. elevator openly. Yeah. And to me, that made me feel like I was like, I can't hang out with this guy anymore. Like, yeah. This is like a liability at this point.
1: Yeah. Then it was a hotel room, I think. And then I brought some people that other people did not want to be around. And so that was extremely awkward as well.
0: Your judgment was probably not the best in those states of mind. No. All, on all levels.
1: They just wanted to give me drugs and be in the room where Bring Me the Rising was. And then, you know, they were just other p- people, you know, all in them were just like, yo, you got to get these random ass weirdos out yeah. of my hotel suite, you know. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool, you know, I want to be in this party anyway. And then left. Yeah, I do
0: remember that. Okay. Like, I really do appreciate you going back through all these things and sharing it with me because not that I like, I'm just very interested in what this is like to, to, to understand what people are going through so I can better help them or better relate to them or so other people maybe can identify when something is happening in their life that, you know, might lead them down a path. And I'm sure you've had friends that have passed away. I had Tyson from Scary Kids is like the biggest one in my life. Like I was on tour with him and I just didn't know he was doing heroin and yeah. then he just passed away. And I don't know, I'm I'm happy that you're still here with us.
1: Yeah, I it's a miracle. I will say that. It is a miracle that I am here.
0: Yeah. So, it gets bad. How low did you have to like usually when I see people doing this, my mindset is like, well, you just kind of have to let them go as low as they're going to get and then eventually they'll, you know, go to rehab or do something. How yeah. low did you get before you were like, all right, Got to dial it back. Like, what was the first time that happened?
1: Well, I think, you know, after all that MacBook stuff happened, uh, Andre made me go to rehab for the first time. And I still, you know, wasn't even that that low, mm-hmm. um, which is sad to say and think about. Because um, I just went in, you know, did what I had to do. And then I did 30 days rehab, I believe. And then I did 30 days. At a, home? No, uh, a at a, uh, it was a sober living.
0: Okay. Like a community?
1: Yeah. And I actually didn't even complete that because I got kicked out from drinking. So, you know, it was right back to the same thing. This last part, last time I went to rehab, I was probably the lowest I've ever been in my life. And that took like 10 years for me. To That's actually, crazy. To actually be that low, you know, having all these events happen around me, you know, my child being born, all that type of stuff. I was just so low and over it that I just put myself into rehab when I was actually only ordered to do outpatient.
0: Okay. Well done.
1: And I was just like, I can't, this ain't going to work for me. Like I need to just, I got to do it. You know, I told myself in my head that I'm going to give it one last try.
0: How many times have you done this? Because this 10 years, like, you know, yeah. you've gone and then it's called relapsing. Correct. Yeah. Then-
1: yeah. I've gone. Well, relapsing I've a a okay. about a million times. I was trying to get clean. I okay. don't know the actual count of like trying to be like, okay.
0: Every time but one, you've yeah. done it.
1: Every time but once, um, I've actually, you know, just relapsed. You know, I have a couple months sober or I was taking Spoxin or something, but I was still drinking. But then eight, nine months down the road, you know, back to using opiates. Jeez. It took me about 10 years.
0: I know we glossed over the MacBook thing and we don't really need to get into the details, but there's yeah. a point where your addiction um, obviously it affects others, but it became so strong or so desired that you actually started, well, you, you were a criminal <laughs> yeah. to a level, right? Like what, what, what's things did you do?
1: They did. They cut me off, you know, with the, with money. And yeah. so I'm sitting here with a, I don't know, I would say I was probably taking like at least 20, 30 milligram pills a day. And I was, I was shooting them.
0: You said 20, 30 milligram pills. Yeah. Okay. So, Not 20, uh, 30. That's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So 600 milligrams a day.
1: I was was shooting about 20 pills a day. Wow. And, you know, I have this habit, and then all of a sudden, I have no money. Yeah. Nothing. You know, I'm sitting in Kentucky. We're not on tour. You know, I'm in amarosa at the time. We're not on tour. I'm not doing anything. I have no way to make money. I was like, okay, I got to start selling something. You know, I got stuff. I got computers. I got Xbox, whatever. Did the normal pawn shop stuff, you know, got rid of what I could there. Um, and i just i was using twitter back then you know a lot Um, and i had a big following on twitter and i just posted about the computer and i actually had the intention of really selling the computer at this point i'm not thinking i'm going to rip a bunch of people off yeah um but what happened was i probably got like 30 40 emails right off the bat
0: of people wanting to buy a computer that you're selling
1: yeah so i responded you know the guy's gives me his information blah, blah blah i was like okay cool you know um money grab me the money he money grabbed it like instantly and in my yeah. head i was like
0: whoa. whoa
1: i was like whoa that was easy i didn't even send the computer out yet and then i responded to
0: all the other emails and that's just how it went so basically everybody just sent you money
1: yeah i racked up i think it was like 30 31000 dollars
0: oh wow and then you just kind of Put it all in your body, I guess you would say.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I just floated myself. That was about two weeks. I floated myself for about two weeks, something like that. And then we went on tour. And then obviously it all started coming out online. You, know the, so rest. Well.
0: you know the rest. See, I mean, the reason why I think like the MacBook thing is important is it, it's because you kind of went from being like a person that people just had to distance themselves from to being a person that like made actively made decisions to take advantage of fans, which are I think are the most yeah. cherished group of people in the music industry that make the industry possible.
1: Yeah, it's probably the worst, the worst thing that you can do as yeah. an artist is, you know, take advantage of someone who, you know, openly trusts you. Yeah. Like wholeheartedly. Like there's no, you know, you go up to that person and you ask the brand, they'd probably give you the shirt off their back just because they love your music so much. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the worst thing you can do that to someone that just openly trusts you.
0: How like, like, like after that happened, I mean, myself, I know I did just did not associate with you at all or did not reach out. Um, mm-hmm. did you lose like your, all your friends in the music business after that? Was that like, what was that like I, from your point of view?
1: Um, I didn't, I mean, the people that I did lose, I didn't really care that much about.
0: All right. Uh, I'll go into that, that category. I, I'm sorry that I, it no, on no, you on <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> I apologize.
1: Um, I mean, we weren't like connected. Yeah. We were more of like, acquaintances. You know, hey, man, I, I love you. I love being around you in the moment. But, yep. uh, you know, we weren't calling each other on the, the phone to say, hey, how, how we was your day?
0: We're going to check in every Friday. Yeah, yeah I you got know, you. I got you.
1: How was that tour? You know, if we weren't <laughs> friends like like that. But yeah, I mean, Amorosa was, when everything popped off, we had a meeting with, uh, what was the, the management company? They did like Paramore. Fly yeah, Fly South. So we had a meeting with Fly South and they're literally like talking about how the dude used to manage like Creed and all that shit happened when he passed out on stage. Yeah. And they're like, look, you know, they're directly like talking to me, like you got to get your shit together, whatever. And then the next day they're like, Hey, we're going to send you to rehab. And I knew that I wasn't going to be in the band anymore after that. So I was just like, Hey, let me play one more show. Like can I play tonight's show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were like, yeah. So they let me play the last show. And then I went to rehab. And lost them as friends, pretty much. We didn't really talk
0: much after that. We do now, but... Yeah. Well, going from that point to now where you talk to people, like, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Like, did you just feel very guilty for, like, doing this to people over and over? Like,
1: how to yeah. you deal with that? A lot of shame. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guilt, man. Um, and the sad thing is, is, like, it just drives you deeper sometimes into addiction. Like, I tried to keep that stuff at bay as much as i could and just be like it happened you know mm-hmm. whatever i can't change it but in reality it's like you know the internet's crazy so you're getting bashed like non-stop and you want to pretend like you don't give a fuck you want to pretend like a lot of the insults and stuff don't hurt you but you know it, it it cuts because you know sadly you know once i got sober i was just like wow you know that was probably the fucking stupidest thing i've ever done in my life
0: and that's just recently, are you talking, are you talking about one back then where you were sober for a little bit?
1: I mean, it, it's just, it it happens a lot of times, but okay. you know, you get, you get clean and you realize, okay, these choices I made were horrible. You know, obviously I wasn't thinking right or whatever. You want to blame everything. i want to blame the drugs and stuff. Um, but you can't, you know, cause you, you have to take accountability. Like, you know, yeah, you were addicted to drugs, but you know, it was your choice because you refuse to look at the reasons of why you're going to continue to keep using. You're not, you're not dealing with them. So the more you're not, the more you stop dealing with these emotions or whatever it is, the, the more, the more stupid things that you're going to continue to get into. So, but it's just a lot of shame, man. A lot of shame and a lot of guilt a lot of, a lot of the
0: time. What feelings did you not deal with and like I I struggle with the the part where it's like, okay, I get clean and then relapse or you go like you acknowledge that these are all bad choices. How do you go from acknowledging these are bad choices to then falling back into the same cycle?
1: I don't know. Like that, that that is like the ultimate question is yeah. you know, why does someone get clean? And then what can drive them to the point where they're just, you know, they've had it and they gotta go back to that feeling. And it kind of again it goes back to you know, actually having to be done and being that low and whatever. But I was dealing with a lot of grief, man. And then of course the guilt from all the things prior to that I had yeah. done and then not wanting to think about it. And people were, you know, just thinking I'm the worst person in the world, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of gets to you sometimes I got a really strong personality and I'm resilient, but that doesn't mean that I'm unbreakable, you know? Yeah. And Sometimes that shit, you know, it's got to me, I, I do with a lot of grief, you know, if my grandma dying super young, that was the main thing I think that kept me using for a long time. And then the guilt and the shame of her, actually, if she had seen me the way that I was, um, you know, I felt a lot of shame about that. Like if she saw the person I was now, she'd be disappointed. Um, yeah. and that just kept me going. Sure. that hits deep yeah in that addiction i mean i my grandma was everything to me um you know my parents got divorced at a young age and we moved to canada from you know the washington area okay and i lived in a room one room in my grandmother's house with my two sisters and my mom we all lived in one room like probably the size of this maybe smaller than this living room
0: so you had a close relationship just by debt by design
1: yeah i mean my mom had to work you know day and night Mm -hmm. um And then when she wasn't working, she'd be sleeping. So my grandparents raised me. So losing her was just, you know, it was just too much.
0: Yeah, I understand a little bit. I I can understand how drugs were hard to get off of. That's That stuff, that that hits deep. And like thinking about how somebody would be ashamed of you or not be proud of you, you're like, ah, you just want to get out of that, I imagine.
1: Yeah, and then the more stuff you do, the more people that are ashamed of you. And it's just like this horrible never-ending cycle until you wake up and realize like, You know, I mean, you gotta stop being a pussy at some point and you have to, and you, and you you have to face your problems, you know, you, you have to face, I guess you could say you gotta be an adult.
0: Yeah. That's probably a better way to say it than not being a pussy. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. I wasn't supposed to, I didn't mean to passively call you out there. I was (laughs) just acknowledging that like focusing on being an adult is very good. That was not meant to be a, a slide at all. I apologize.
1: No I, I, it was funny I just sometimes the way I talk I, I get caught up you know
0: um, yeah.
1: But ultimately yeah you have To just wake up and, and just realize it, It's never going to end if you Don't take accountability you know For A the things that are Keeping you in the cycle and B the things that you've done while being in The cycle
0: okay. That makes sense and so like I mean The podcast itself is Talking about music industry touring And I feel like The way this is very helpful to people who are either in the industry as crew or as artists is some people might go through this themselves, but I think more often than not, the common occurrence is that they're going to cross paths with artists that maybe aren't on as severe as a journey as you were, but that has similarities to it. Is there anything from the outside looking in that people can do to help or? Like, what should we have done? You know what I yeah. mean? Or like now that you're sober and you know what it's like from both that, like, and you're like thinking clearly, like, yeah, teach me, like, what can I do to help people? The bands, I mean, dance
1: didn't really do it that much, but, you know, Rosa tried, you know, they sent me to rehab mm-hmm. um because they felt like they were at the end of their rope. You know, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to deal with me. So they thought, okay, rehab is the best option. Let's just send him off and get rid of them. And he'll hopefully he'll figure it out. Um, I feel like I wish, you know, that someone would have just came up to me and kind of slapped some sense into me. If that makes sense. You know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, they tried, you know, Kevin Lyman was, you know, one of them wanted to send me to rehab and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people did try, but they never actually connected with me. I, I just wish that maybe someone would have maybe connected with me on the level and just been like, hey, you know, you're making an ass out of yourself. You know, you have so much talent. You're doing so much stuff. All these people want to be in your place. But mm-hmm. you don't care about any of that. All you care about is yourself. And I wish I would have someone would just been able to reach me. And you don't ever know if you're going to be able to do that. So I feel like more people should take the chance.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like no matter how awkward you think it's going to feel, no matter if you think that person's going to, come off at you in an aggressive way, whatever, like I feel like more people should just take a chance um, because you never know what you say can maybe change the rest of someone's life. You could say something that hits home to them, be like, damn, you know, maybe I am really fucking up. Maybe I should take a look at this in a more serious manner instead of everyone just kind of letting it slide or just being like, you know, well, that's Johnny, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do, whatever. Like he's not going (laughs) to listen to anyone. Like maybe I would have listened to someone.
0: Yeah. As you were saying that I was like, and you said you were nobody connected with you. It's hard to think like, were you unconnectable or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. was it? Yeah. I know what you're saying though. You needed yeah. somebody who was a little more strong arming yeah. on you. I
1: needed a lot of less people that enabled
0: me. Yeah. What's, an, what's enabling look like? Because I think that's a, that's a part that everybody can do. You know, you have somebody on the road and you can probably agree with me. We've seen crew members, we've seen artists who it's probably not hard drugs, it's probably alcohol, or weed, or something on the road that they're doing to a high level. We're not talking like once a night, we're talking constantly. What can yeah. you do to not enable that at all? Um, and is it silly for me to relate weed and alcohol to this, or is that is that I don't fair? know.
1: I mean, they have smoked weed like nonstop. Um, yeah, that, that never bothered me. I, was, I, never smoked weed. I never smoked weed that much, so. Um, but I mean, being around alcohol, yeah. now it doesn't bug me at all like you know i'll go out um my yeah. roommate and stuff and it doesn't bug me um you know they have like non-alcoholic beers yeah um you know they got this one is like 0.00 it's just a japanese one you know like it does <laughs> it's i think that being on on tour and being yeah. in like that type of setting everyone's just you know you get done playing and everyone's at the bar you know everyone's out there you know the single dude's out there you know trying to see a you know who we hanging out with tonight, you know, we are hanging Free out alcohol
0: with alcohol backstage, you're hanging out with fans.
1: I, you know, I, I would go to the bar to buy my own drink and I got seven people trying to buy my drink. Then I ended, yeah. I got end of like, you know, six shots and and one mixed drink when I only went to the bar to get one drink. Yeah. Uh, fans, unfortunately, you know, they have, they have a sense of, of, of enabling because I don't think they really understand. They don't know what type of position you're in. So they, they just want to be like, Hey, damn, I got to buy Johnny Craig a drink or I got to buy so-and-so a drink. And yeah. I got to say, you know, they think if I buy him a drink, he's going to take a picture with me. I'll take a picture with you anyway. You don't have to give me a drink, Yeah, you know, and they have that kind of mentality. I mean, I, I got sober many times and I had just fucking dickhead kids that would just come up to me and hand me pills. Oh, wow. And knowing that I'm sober, but because they're not sober, you know, they're, they think that 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 was a good idea. That was a good decision. Let me just bring him some pills, you know? And of course I have a hard time saying no. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the pills. Let's be realistic here. I'm Mm going to take the pills.
0: Damn. Yeah. I think, I think that musicians often have this, like, you know, they're invincible in our eyes. Like they're bigger, they're larger than life. Like they can take as many drinks as they do this every night. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Wake up feeling like shit. And then we just do the exact same thing. Because you start drinking, and then you don't feel like shit anymore. And then, you know, then you're drinking for 30 days straight. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, I was exhausted. <laughs> I can't I, Being in Europe, I don't know. It was just, you know. Horrible.
0: Europe Cause, is different. Because you're jet lag, you know. Oh, yeah.
1: So, so you just like, let me just drink through this. What a horrible idea. Whoever thought that that was a good idea, to just drink through jet lag.
0: Horrible. Just have a coffee. I don't know.
1: I don't like to say it's coffee, but I will drink some Red Bull.
0: There we go. Okay, so, I mean, I had a conversation once that, you know, I with a band member who, he went to like a doctor's appointment. And the doctors, you know, they're like, all right, do you smoke? Do you drink? And he's like, well, I don't drink usually, but then when I go on tour, I drink a profound amount every single night. Mm -hmm. Is there like, is there any aspect, and this could, like you could make fun of me because I feel like I'm asking questions that are so ignorant to the topic, but is there any aspect of musicians or artists or even crew that kind of drink a lot every night that can eventually progress into something more serious, whether it be alcoholism or, you know, I don't know. Is, is, am I just making that up? Is that not a thing?
1: No, I mean, I'm sure it is. I mean, if they're drinking for 30 days straight and then, you know, they're stopping, you know, what's stopping really? Like you're not drinking for like a couple of days, then you go out with your friends on the weekend and get drunk on the weekends. And yeah. then, you know, we, they actually say that, um, That's called binge drinking. Okay. And it's actually worse. And it is, it is classified as like, you know, an addiction. It's called binge drinking. Um, and they say that it's worse. I don't know how or why. I don't see how that would be worse, but I guess it's worse to like drink big amounts in a small amount of time and then stop drinking, Mm -hmm. opposed to like drinking casually over time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know, people because they'll binge drink, they'll go out on the weekends and they'll drink at the bars all weekend, get blackout. You know, Mm -hmm. then go to work all week and do the same thing, but they are consuming some large amounts of alcohol in a short period of time.
0: That's something like I myself, I don't drink very much and you know, I've done the normal amount of weed intake throughout my twenties and such. But when I'm when I'm on the road, it always surprises me how it's kind of like a free-for-all out there. Like I feel like everybody's just allowed to drink, smoke, do whatever they're doing, and nobody ever I feel like it's a really big enabler or at least a way to start everything. And then people get home and they're without it. And sometimes people continue it. And yeah, because
1: they, you know, tour is such a great feeling being around all those people. And yeah, you know, you have great memories every single night, you know, like, Oh wow. You know, I hooked up with this person or wow, that was great. We went to this party and had all these fans. They were so nice. And we slept on their floor and they made us breakfast and stuff like that. And it's just such a good feeling. Then you go home and you're sitting by yourself and then, you know that kind of depression sets in, yeah. so you're like, you're like, hey, let's, you know, let's go out for a drink. You call your friend; or you haven't seen you in like thirty days. I've been on tour. Like, let's go out to the bar yeah. because you you want that feeling. You know that that social um, interaction because it releases, you know, dopamine and stuff in your brain.
0: Yeah, it's like that post tour. Have you had um, <laughs> post tour depression kind of vibe? But have you had an experience yet where you've gone from touring to being at home? while you're sober, is that, that, that hasn't happened for you? Yeah, that's happened. Okay. How do you, how do you deal with the, like, feeling of, you know, being on tour and having that high and then being home? Like, what, what do you do? Because I think that is something that people will experience, especially on their first tour. You know, it's, you literally are on top of the world when you're touring and you're with your friends and you're working and you get home and it's.
1: You're like, holy shit, like I made it, you know, or in some sense you made it like you're, you're doing what you feel you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. you know, like wow, I got signed or whatever. I'm on, I'm on the road. Like, I never thought I'd make it this far. Yeah. Um, and then you go home and you get like depressed. You're like, damn, I want to be back on the road. But I just recently did some shows for the first time sober. I did a little weekend run, a little tester. You know. Oh, what
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome, man.
1: I, I didn't. I didn't want to push it too hard, so I, I played the shows and I had an amazing time. And I got home and i was like man you know i want to play some more shows like that went really well i think i did okay you know the people that were with me i just asked them hey while we're working can you not you know consume any alcohol um because they don't do any drugs or anything like that or or yeah. smoke or smoke any week you not do that um, while we're working when we're done i don't care what you do you're gonna yeah. go you know and they were super respectful to people that i hired or whatever and they went out and did their own thing and i went to the hotel room and Read my book, you know, and just relax, and it was cool. I, I I felt like I I accomplished something that I have never been able to accomplish, which was you know say no to the I guess as as corny as that sounds, <laughs> you know say no, no that makes the, sense say no to the partying, you know or or hey you know do you want to come out with us you want to go to the beach we're gonna walk down to the beach because I did a show in Virginia Beach. Oh, cool. um, and, I, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm cool. I saw the beach this morning. You know, I don't need to go down there and drink with you guys. Like, I'm going to stay around and just decompress. Yeah, and, and it felt amazing to just, you know, accomplish something and then be able to just decompress. I woke up in the morning, every morning, I, I felt great, you know, and um, we were off to the next show. And it was just something I've never accomplished before. And I was super proud of myself.
0: I'm proud of you. That's cool. How was yeah. it playing silver too? Well, congrats on it. Like, well done, it, man. That's sick. It
1: was, it was a little awkward. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I have to get back into it. It's not going to be, it ain't going to be as easy as it was as, you know, slamming some pills and just getting out there and pretending that you're God, you know, it's not going to be that simple. And I had to realize that in my head, like, it's going to be work. Yeah. And if, and if you want this as your career, then you're going to have to start, you know, from step one and, and make it work and i moved quick you know the first show was a little little rusty yeah um then second and third show i was on top of it yeah you know, i was i was interacting i i was doing what I, I had done you know what i thought i needed the drugs to do but in reality the talent came before the drugs so i don't know where the disconnect came you know yeah. i don't know where i thought i needed the drugs for the talent because you know the talent came first um and that's what i had to think about when being on stage like i don't need that because you already had this bro like you don't need this
0: yeah there was something in your in your mind where you were like All right, i need to take the edge off or i need to do something to like yeah. allow me to get exactly. to the place where I, where I can perform
1: yeah because people are like oh, don't you ever get nervous and i was like no i'm going get nervous you know i'm hot <laughs> <What's laughs> that nervous. feeling what's does not nervous. exist yeah it was yes. nervous it was nervous when you're high you know <laughs> Whoa. But now I got you know I got a little nervous for like the first time in my career. That was a weird feeling, you know. Like, <laughs> That's
0: kinda, exciting though.
1: I was like, "Whoa, what's this?" <laughs> you know. But I I used it. You know, yeah. I I, I kind of it was energy, and I just used it. You know, it was fun.
0: That feels very humanizing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm here yeah. doing the thing on purpose in the moment, enjoying it. Like, must yeah. be must much more fulfilling than yeah. It was what humbling. It was a yeah. it was a little humbling. You know, it was it was cool. I can't believe that. Not that I can't believe, but ten years is a long time. I mean, it was longer than ten years to be honest. Like we're talking like fifteen almost.
1: Yeah. Well, I I I say ten because that's kind of the amount of time where I was just like hardcore going at it. Okay. You know, building up to it. Of course, I was using, drinking, and whatnot. But I feel like ten years out of that time is where I was, I think, actively trying to get, you know, sober and relapsing and all that. So I say about 10 years of, you know, trying to actually get to the point where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I think, and I hope that other people take note, because I think that uh, given your past, it's definitely been a struggle for, at least I think so. You can correct me if I'm wrong, for other musicians or other people in the industry to publicly associate with you. But I think doing this kind of thing, like, I hope that people take note and support you because I feel like everybody needs help.
1: Well, another thing is like, oh, how many times can you cry wool? Yeah. And you're saying, oh, I'm sober. And then you got people working with you,
0: you know, say you're a a
1: producer or whatever, and they want to work with you or a label or whatever. Oh, you're clean now. And then all of a sudden you relapse a couple months down the road. It's like, how many times can I publicly say that I'm sober and then, you know, just do the same shit? So. I'm glad to be able to try to do stuff like this to actually, you know, people would see like, Hey, that's not the same person that we saw. Even, even when we said he was sober, like, that's definitely not the same person. That's definitely not the same dude. Like maybe he's actually getting his shit together.
0: Are you, are you like hitting people up being like, Hey, I'm for Uh, real doing this right now. Like let's reconnect. And like, are you just kind of waiting for people to come to you?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I'm not even waiting for
0: people to come to me. That's a good point. That was worded poorly.
1: Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying like I think for me the best thing that I can do is just work on myself, yeah, and yeah. and work on what I'm doing right now. And I think people will see it. I yeah. think they'll I think they'll see the difference. And I won't have to hit them up, you know, and they won't even have to hit me up. I think that maybe they'll just take you know some pride in saying, hey, wow, you know, I always believed that dude could do it. I'm really proud of him. You know, like, I'm glad that he's actually found where he was supposed to be, you know, because I'm sure there's tons of people that don't even really associate with me that are rooting for me that I don't even know. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to see me get to this point. And then, of course, you know, there are people that have hit me up. You know, I talk to the slaves, dude, all the time. I, I, you know, we are still close friends. Um, the Amarosa dudes were trying to plan a tour. The dance dudes, we we still have a good connection. You know, when we see each other, we're not like BFFs. We don't text and any shit like that. But you know, a lot of the band people that I have been in bands with, you know, they see the change. I talked to like you know the slaves dudes. I went and saw them at a show, and they're just like they were, They texted me like paragraphs after I got home. We're just like bro, like we've never seen you like that. We've never seen that that look in your eye. Like we've never seen you speak so well. So clearly, like, we were just they are like, we didn't know what to expect when you showed up. You know, you said you've been clean many times, but they're like, we've never seen you have this type of mentality. And they're like, we were just fucking blown away. Like, even the singer yeah. messaged me and Matt, and he was just like, wow. He's like, I would hang out with you every single day. You know, he's like, I have hung out with Tyler Carter and Bradley and stuff. And he was like, but I could actually see myself being like best friends with you. He was like, you are a genuine person. He was like, that's, that, that was amazing to me to see that. Cause he's obviously heard some stories, Yeah, you know, and he, well, you know, he became in the band because I just didn't show up.
0: Yeah. And for people who don't know the, your old band was called slaves they are now renamed Yeah,
1: um, rain
0: city drive rain city drive. But, uh, I, we didn't really cover that, but just, yeah. we can catch everybody up.
1: Yes. Yeah. But he, you know, he, I didn't show up. And so he got the gig or whatever. So he's, obviously didn't know what to think of me whatsoever yeah and that was pretty cool i i I smiled a little bit at that oh i smiled a lot actually yeah how's that
0: feel that's got to feel like that's got to feel like we're fucking doing it man
1: it feels good because you know for a time i feel like i I had lost a lot of respect you know i've lost a lot of people's respect i've lost a lot of people's um trust and those people meant a lot to me and i left them high and dry and i feel horrible about it and I, you know, you know, going back to the guilt and the shame, you know, I felt a lot of, you know, but seeing them still doing what they're doing and shit, they're doing even better. You know, let's be realistic. They're doing even better. Um, and seeing that made me feel really good to know that, you know, hey, I didn't fuck their chances up yeah. uh, of, of their dream. And it was really cool. It just made me feel really good to know that they still believe
0: in me. And even that thought in itself is like not selfish, which basically means. Not past Johnny, you know what I mean, like just having that outlook is I feel like a whole new world for you, like, oh, they're doing well, that's good, let's go, yeah they
1: uh, i am I'm just proud of them that's, yeah. the, that's, that's what I can say I'm just happy, I'm happy for them
0: that's awesome, yeah, man. I apologize if it sounded like I was putting words in your mouth that's no, a yeah. that's a that's a good i I like your outlook on everything it's a It's really nice to just learn what your journey's been like and how you look at it now, and I feel like people who have been through some shit you always learn so much from them because there's no way you get out of it without, you know, like you said, you, you take time every day to kind of learn about these things and learn about yourself. And yeah, it's, I'm sure it's a constant effort for the, the remainder of your life here to stay on track.
1: You know, everyone's recovery looks different. You can't yeah. like, you can't, there's no template for how to get sober. And exactly, you know, there are guidelines
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, you know, that they want you to follow or they, it's like suggestions. You know, yeah. they, you should do these things. It can help you do this and that, but ultimately you have to find your own way. Yeah. You you have to make, you know, what you're doing work for you. And some people, you know, their whole lives are consumed by it. You know, like my stepdad, he got like 17 years sober from like heroin, you know, eight years sober from everything else. He, he his, his whole life is, is AA and NA. Yeah. He does like, he does like men's breakfasts, you know, he puts on all types, <laughs> all types of shits. And <laughs> And he loves it. And that's, for how, him. that's how he stays sober. You know, for me, it's just putting my life back together right now. That is keeping yeah. me sober. That and my son, obviously, you know, just putting my life back together. And then hopefully, you know, the music stuff will, 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 come, will come in time.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited because I'm a big fan and I really like your voice. And it's nice to know that I think from a fan's perspective, just being able to support you is a lot easier when we feel good about the person we're supporting as well yeah, like it's course. it's hard it's hard to separate art from music these days you know too much about or it's hard to separate the person from their art because you know you really relate to them and it's just yeah. good to know that you know supporting your music feels better when it's not you know inadvertently supporting somebody's drug habits or something
1: yeah and it, i mean it took me a long time to realize that
0: but <laughs> hey know, man, it's, it's, it's never like, too late
1: i it really isn't um you know, it it just took me a minute to to realize it wasn't all about me. Yeah. You know, and it, it it's helped. It's definitely that
0: that aspect has helped a lot to realize. All right. Well, this was great. I I hope you enjoyed this. I mean, was this? Uh, did you have a fun conversation or not fun? Maybe did, was it yeah, a good conversation?
1: <laughs> of course, I did, man. You know, I've always I've always loved you, man, and respected you a lot. You know, you're always. You're always with everyone, you know, you were always just, everyone loves you. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a bad word about you, Adam. So it was cool to actually be able to have a conversation with you because, you know, I follow you all the time and your page and all that stuff. Well, thanks. Damn, when is he going to talk to me, man?
0: Well, it's cool that that you hit me up um, and that we connected because the hardest part about this is, and I have it all the time, I hit people up and, you know, when you go direct to artists, they don't like to say no. Right, they, but yeah. they, they, they do, they'll just not respond. Sometimes, you know, even people I know because you yeah. usually go to management or label, but you know, it makes me nervous to hit people up because I don't want to put them in that position. Yeah. So I'm happy uh, you hit me up. It's a, lot, it's a lot better that way.
1: Well, I don't have management,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, let's go straight to artists. I love it. Uh, I'm
1: just going to go straight to you. <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
0: I, um, I would say that you probably have the record. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I have the tendency to listen to songs on repeat when I find stuff. And I, my I did, specification yeah. is it has to be live, uh, like actual live. Like, I don't want to see like somebody performing to a track that they then, yeah. then edited. Like, I need like the straight raw camera. Yeah. Children of Divorce. I didn't mess that title up, right? That's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's it.
0: Children of Divorce for AP. The Soma Show with Vic, where you guys think she makes Sturdy Words sound pretty. Yeah, with the false And the one in the yeah. back of the bus, where you do, uh,
1: I With forget. Amorosa, with Amorosa. Yeah.
0: Those yeah. videos, man, I'll put those on a playlist. That's like a whole week of that's just like those are great. I love those it. Are, those are
1: good videos. And I know the videos you're talking about. So they like, I watched them as well. And the Emeralds, when I'm, you know, I'm sitting,
0: I got a mullet. And
1: I think I'm holding like a red cup in my hand.
0: Like, yeah, it's Back Lounge Warp Tour for sure. It something is, like that. It is old. It was old. It's very old. I love it.
1: I'm wearing like a Cincinnati's red hat, I think.
0: I don't even remember. Yeah, it's, you are. You are.
1: Those are good videos. Those are good
0: videos. Yeah, those are good. And I look forward to hopefully you have such a big what's it called album? No, what's it? What's it called when you have like music like catalog? Like you have a big catalog. Yeah. Of music, will you ever? This is the fan in me asking you questions now. I hope this is okay. Will you ever revisit those songs that you did with other acts, or are you focusing slowly on just doing? You go by just Johnny Craig now. Is that correct? Yeah. Are you going to just do solo Johnny Craig stuff and it's going to be all new? Like, is it, is it weird because that was like kind of a different you in a way? I don't know.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do solo stuff regardless. Okay. Um, I don't, right now I'm doing like another group and it's more like, it's still kind of based more Mm solo-y, but you know, there's like, there's like five of us and we just, we have music and then we're just like on the tracks that we want to be on. So like not everyone's on the same track. It's Mm kind of like, kind of like a group, but as far as like solo, solo stuff goes, I'm going to obviously put out more solo stuff. Um, Some of it might be some like rock oriented still. Um, And then of course, some of this is going to be more R&B type stuff, but.
0: It's kind of like a group. idols and Gracers. Kind of like a group.
1: Kind of, but nobody knows who anybody is but me. So it's just kind of like new, new people. I just found a bunch of people and I was like, I want to work with you. And I don't even care anybody knows who you are, like, I was listening to these uh, playlists. And one of the guys I found, because I, I played a show with him in Houston, and I was just like, wow, I like this guy. Come to my house and make music with me.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: And then I listened to his playlist on Spotify because I was helping him, you know, run his numbers up. And I found more people on his playlist that, you know, were just like smaller artists. And I'm like, I want to work with this person and that person. And I just said, okay, come into my house and we've been here for about a month and
0: we're just working you're doing that right now right now yeah that's awesome that's the way to do it it sounds like you're just doing what you want to do because you enjoy it and you can't really go wrong there
1: yeah well i mean it's when you start back at like square one i guess you could say yeah there's no rules you know i don't i don't have a timeline anymore i have a label but i don't have like there's no rush I'm not trying to get an album out so I get on some type of tour yeah. because, you know, let's be realistic. I, we don't know who wants me to be on tour anyway at this moment. Yeah. So, so I'm just taking it, you know, one, one day at a time. and I'm just going to make some music and go from there. All
0: right. Well, thank you. That, I mean, that sounds great. I hope that I can help in any way, any way I can help. You just let me know. I am team Johnny, you know, found you found, what do you, I don't know what you call it. You're, you're on your, your next section of your life. And I, I want to help in any way I can. So just let me know if I can do anything.
1: I appreciate that. Adam. Thank you.
0: We do have a, a, a question we ask everybody that's on here. And it's more of a fun question. Yeah. We had a pretty serious conversation, but I got to know, when you tour, shower shoes or no shower shoes? What's your vibe?
1: It just depends on where I'm taking a shower.
0: Okay. So, so you, 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 you look at the place and you say, how dirty is it? Yeah, you're you
1: talking, you talking like, say, are we speaking like venue showers here? Yeah,
0: venue showers on tour. Are you putting shoes, you putting flip flops on, or are you just barefoot everywhere?
1: I mean, well, let's, I mean, okay, say you're playing like House of Blues. Yeah. You got amazing showers at House of Blues. <laughs> you know, then you're playing shit, some shithole or whatever. And, there's some showers i've showered in without shower shoes so i probably should have worn shower shoes let's just leave right, it with
0: fair. that let's just leave it fair, that. fair <laughs> enough fair enough well thank you so much for coming on here man i appreciate taking the time to talk and it was really nice to catch up and i look forward to seeing you in real life it'll be yeah, nice i hope i see you soon hell yeah man thank you so much no problem